0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet.
1: Hello there. Welcome back. So glad you could join us today. Today we're going to look at a happy little draft table I that going can make you feel really happy. <laughs> a nice little bar brass introduction today, has nothing to do with the fact that I feel slightly hungover. I am one of your usual hosts, Scott McLeod, welcoming you once again to Saturday Draft Live. Uh, a relatively quiet week, you find us in the draft as we're coming off of shows like All Out and SummerSlam, but, and we're like a week or so away from likes of The Next Takeover and Class of Champions, so... A little quiet week, but there's always stuff to talk about here amongst the FDL boys. And I'm going to introduce them now to the men who are featured quite prominently at the top of the table, and while I'm struggling to get out of the upper mid card at best.
2: But uh, it's Jack Graham and Dave talking O'Neill boys, how you doing? I am very well, very well. I just said, uh, myself and Dave are sitting pretty in the, the top three that we did both, so we we can't complain, you know, we're, we're pretty, pretty proud of ourselves right now, aren't we, David?
0: Yeah, we're doing, uh, we're doing grand at this stage, like, um, you know, the sun's shining, we're, uh, we're sitting comfortably at the top of the table, it's been a nice, nice, mellow, nice, peaceful week where we can just sit back, have a nice cold beer, and just reflect on our progress.
1: User are up there sitting challenging for the world, I'm here trying to get out the fucking European title scene at the minute here. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> But anyway, enough about me. On to the top three of the week, as we usually do. And uh, again, two and three are kind of tied for the same amount of points this week. And it's two kind of picks that I don't think we gave enough credit when we were selected. Number three is once again the Hurt Business, that being Guy's tied team of Bobby Lashley and MVP. Obviously, being in Sims as the rest of the Hurt the Business on Raw this past week. And also somebody from Dave's team who made a surprise appearance on Raw and uh, Raw Underground is Braun Strowman. Uh, we'll, we'll focus on on the Hurt Business first. Uh, Jack will come to you. I think it's very similar to what we talked about last week in that maybe we shouldn't have been so quick to judge Gary on his choice of tag team.
2: I think the, the, the judgment of the choice of the tag team is probably the lesser to the fact that everyone wants to get Bobby Lashley as a singles competitor. I think that's that might be the difference of where we're annoyed because you take any, you put any members of the Heart Business and a tag team in, it's pretty much going to get you. But like, you'd still be in ten points if that was the case. I, I think Heart uh, Business is an absolute, absolute stroke of genius. They've they're in backstage segments a lot. You know, there's a, like multiple matches on Raw, mm-hmm. and they have got the end segment against Retribution, which was that's that's peak peak yeah. raw for me. That was absolutely fantastic. I loved it so much.
0: They've been all over Monday Night Raw as of late. Easily one of the the hottest commodities that could have been selected. And I think, I've said this before in the past, Gary has played an absolute blinder picking them as his tag team. and And he's also made them his team captain as well. And they're currently sitting as the number one ranked pick in the season so far with 32 points just ahead of FTR and John Moxley sitting on 30 points and I think it's been a long time since we've seen two tag teams as the highest scoring picks uh, in the draft season
1: mm-hmm. The thing, thing about the Hurt Business as you mentioned Retribution, Jack is that part of the reason is uh, doing so well is that unlike Retribution, the Hurt Business is an example of a stable on the main roster it's actually been booked strongly so that's paying dividends for guy, And I do get your point about we all kind of wanted Bobby Lashley as a singles guy because this was right before payback where we all knew he was going to win the US title. And so you want those championship points for Bobby Lashley. Because even though when he's defending the title, MVP will probably be in his corners. There's your tag team appearing together. There have been so many more points available uh, with Bobby Lashley defending the US title, especially with classic champions coming up where all the titles are going to be on the line. 100%
2: 100% it's uh, oh, I just uh, I love heart Business I, I was always, uh, the. Uh, some of our fans may remember I did the Raw Report and I, I was a, a big big fan of Seth Rollins but that's that slowly went over to the heart Business and you'd even, even the addition of Cedric Alexander makes me love it loves it more you know that that's someone Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin come after Survivor Series they could be two folk that might be drafted near the the last couple of rounds, and you would never have said that in any other season, and I think that's like brilliance on the heart business part I mentioned Clash of Champions, we'll come back to that
1: uh, later on in this podcast but Dave, I'll go over to you, because you really wanted to talk about uh, this person because they're on your team Mm -hmm. and I think their first appearance in the top three so far this season and honestly, because we've been focusing on so many of the other key picks so far, and this was a last round pick for you I actually, until today, forgot he was even in this season.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Strowman. Yeah, Braun Strowman, you know, I picked him last because I realized, you know, he's been heavily involved in the main event picture, you know, post-SummerSlam and, you know, with payback and stuff. But I I believe this was also his very first appearance in this season as well. And he's only gone and racked up 10 points in his first uh, in one show. And this, uh, this brings me to the point where I get now get to laugh at Stevie Wilson because if you remember the season six kickoff when I selected Braun Strowman as my final pick, he immediately followed up by saying, oh, that's a terrible pick. Well, Mr. It's My Podcast, Mr. Top 1%, look where my final pick's sitting right now. I think you uh, better get yourself a hat because uh, you're going to have to eat it tonight.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Braun showing great dominance in uh, in Raw Underground. Uh, Jack, I'll come to you about Braun Strowman. Do DC. see am appearing more in Raw Underground, and if so, like we've mentioned before, I don't think we've still like worked out just how the points are,
2: how the points are dealt with when it comes to fights in Raw Underground. It's it's an interesting one because it, it's been revealed on Monday you are going to have Braun Strowman against uh Dabakato. and I don't know how that's going to go because Dabba Kato has been built up as the kind of the the big main boy of Raw Underground of NXT and do you, do you see him losing to Braun Strowman but then again do you see Braun Strowman losing to some guy from NXT it's a it's a difficult one I don't know how it's going to go because someone could just interfere then that might be turned into a triple threat match because there's no rules and then up. It's it's a weird one, but I don't know. I think this may be the only time we see Braun Strowman in the top three. Unfortunately for Dave,
0: I, I disagree. I I said right at the start I was confident that you know Braun Strowman would be one of those guys that you know he just goes on an absolute rampage after you know no longer being in the Universal title picture. I think his feud with Dabakato might expand. Uh, over the coming weeks. And it could even, you know, transfer from Raw Underground because to, over to SmackDown, for example, and then that elevates Dabakato whilst also keeping Strowman looking strong. What well, the result's going to be on Monday, though, I'm not too sure. But I mm. can see these two, you know, having a back-and-forth feud and probably being featured on uh, multiple weeks. So, fingers crossed that this isn't the last we see of Braun Strowman. I do think,
1: like, Dabakato this feud with Strowman and like uh, Rowan they're going to think is being used to try and elevate some new stars like Dabakato so this will continue I think for at least a couple of weeks it is weird that Strowman, like I know it's a surprise we do so challenging Roman Reigns, you know they've got the history being related and that but you got to think if Roman's going to probably hold on to the title until many as rumours suggest you'd think Strowman would be in the title picture do you see that happening anytime soon
0: David? I'm not sure on the extent of Survivor Series because, you know, both Roman and Braun are both heel characters at the minute. So I'm not really sure I see a heel be heel dynamic at this stage. I think Braun Strowman would most likely be more suited to the uh, Intercontinental title picture. Now, obviously, you've got Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and Sami Zayn all mingled in that. But I think he could shoehorn his way in some way or another. And also with Survivor Series coming up, Braun Strowman's got an excellent record of being on uh, winning teams at Survivor Series. So he could all, he could easily rack up points there as well.
1: Yeah, so our series is a weird time because it seems to be when the few times he suddenly becomes like, suddenly more powerful than he usually is. He's wiping out teams we eliminating people with single power slams we've seen in certain years. So you ever know how that could work out for you. Uh, even though Braun's a SmackDown guy, he also did appear on Raw. And what we're seeing from this top three is it's a very raw, heavy group, as uh, Ross's captain, Keith Lee, takes the number one spot with 13 points. Uh, I'll throw this out to both of you. Also, he's appearing in multiple segments with, with Drew, and also there was the implication that if he beat Drew, he could work his way into the match of Clash of Champions. And the whole thing about Keith being pushed so heavily since his debut, either you are seeing see Keith at least challenging for the title whether that be on TV or on paper, he's getting a WWE Championship match before the end of the season.
0: I think he will. Like, I think the Drew Randy feud has got to come to an end somehow. But I'm not sure how we can be fitted into the Clash of Champions match, given that it's now been announced it's going to be an ambulance match. Like, we've only ever seen one v one ambulance matches, and how are you supposed to rule a like a three way ambulance match? Like, do you have to put? both competitors in the ambulance like that's just gonna i think it's just impractical but i do see keith lee maybe possibly teasing a feud with drew somewhere down the line but he could easily just go into a feud with randy orton because i think all three of them are basically on par with each other now when it comes to raw
2: yeah it's been announced for raw on monday that keith lee's got another shot if he beats drew McIntyre. It's added to the match at Class of Champions, but I don't see that happening. I can see Randy Orton causing some sort of interference because he was he was absent last week, I think, well this week on on Raw, mm-hmm. and uh, won't allow Keith to get into it. I can see Drew winning at Clash of Champions, but then I can kind of see a mini between Keith Lee and Randy Orton to decide two faces Drew McIntyre at Hell in a Cell or something like that, and then. I don't. I, I still. I don't see Keith winning the WWE any soon, but it could be in that faceholder coming on a sell for that match.
0: There was also were they not also teasing a Keith Lee heel turn as well? And before that, uh, it been reported that Keith Lee might turn
1: heel soon. We talked about it on this past week's episode of ESSR Central, and I mm. said on there that. Like the, you've been putting Keith in the mix with the WWE Jam, you had him beat the number one contender for the WWE title very cleanly at Payback. So there's only so often you can get kind of tease on being around this scene before you give him an you need to give him an actual title shot. Otherwise he just seems like gun fodder for Drew and Randy while they while you build to their match. So he at least needs a, a title shot. At some point I think if he does get a, a shot like on T V or if he takes this loss to Drew on Raw, that could be the catalyst to to start the frustration for Keith Lee, and that be his motivation of why he eventually turns heel if he does. So, if he's
0: if he's turning heel, it's probably going to benefit Randy Orton in the long run. You know, whether it be a Clash of Champions or Hell in a Cell.
1: Maybe. it's quite interesting that, Keith Lee's been featured so prominently since. Uh, came up, like he's not always won these matches. Like I think this match on Raw with Drew went in no contest. He lost in that triple threat match uh, that Randy and his shot in, but he's still consistently appearing at the in the top three. So look, I think the captaincy that Ross put on Keith Lee's paying dividends yet again. hmm Yep. And uh, Dave, I'll go over to you now to read us out the top ten uh, or the top eleven. Sorry, the mm-hmm, yep. like, final oh. tap this season. We've taken the top ten, but this time it goes up to eleven.
0: Yep, we've cracked up to eleven here. So, uh, yeah. So let's go through the leaderboard, shall we? Let's uh, start at number eleven. We have Grant Grant McRobbie with Team Lost and Goblinares uh thirty-three points. I hope I well, pronounced
1: that right. David Campbell's uh, pronunciation of some of the Japanese names on Central a couple
2: of weeks ago. <laughs> Speaking Who's of that David Go- Campbell guy, though? I, I don't know who he
0: is. <laughs> well, David Campbell, he's uh, now out of last place on 36 points. Team GOAT sitting comfortably at 10th place. So that's our relegation zone. Uh, Grant and the GOAT currently sitting in the danger zone, the, the purgatory zone, as we like to call it. Then we have in joint 8th place, we have Gary with Team Viscera and Alan McLucas with Team Name Redacted on 42.5 points each. And then, lucky number seven. <laughs> Would you believe it? Uh, team drafted 8 easy. Scott McLeod, forty-four and a half points. How fitting! I'm not, I'm, I've been sliding down the table the last week and a bit. Yeah, you have. You know, you were. I think you were in fifth place uh, just last week as well. But this I was is in where the point...
1: fourth a week or two weeks ago. Before mm. we the
0: show. Yeah, exactly. So points are starting to creep in, and yeah, the the positions are starting to be more defined. Now we've got clear brackets of uh positioning in the table now so uh so you it's you alan and gary are currently in the the lower tier of the table at this stage but at least you're not in the relegation zone you're comfortably above that spot moving into sixth place we have ross mcleod with the turkey national team on 52 points uh fifth place the top one percent mr it's my podcast steven wilson gets out of the middle and into the top five with 55 points And just ahead of him in fourth place is the Boss Hackers, Ryan Gallagher, with 55 and a half points. So there's your upper tier uh, table there, you know, the three of them just with three and a half points between them. And as we jump into our top three, we've got two thirds of Saturday Draft Live representing the top three here. We've got Jack Graham on liquidation, relegation, still the same fantasy team, 64 points. Just ahead of him there is myself, yours truly. 65.5 Sixty-five and a half points uh, from Team Snakebite, which I will change come next week. There's an exclusive for you mm-hmm. right there.
2: Thank God. Yep. Thank God we're getting rid of that name. It's yep. absolutely shambles. It's a blight on actually being Scott To be fair, that you you had the the creative mind to name your team Snakebite.
0: Yeah. I uh, it was a, a momentary lapse of insanity, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm penciling in a new team name at the minute, and I will I will announce it next week on Saturday Draft Live. So. Uh, make sure you're tuned in for that but number one uh still maintaining that solid lead now with a five point uh, advantage is the elic experience daniel campbell with 78 points now i must say guys like uh daniel's done really well so far uh given given his team he currently he's got a good advantage uh with the street profits being regularly featured on not just raw but smackdown recently as well against nakamura and cesaro but I think his biggest uh, points booster so far has been with the inclusion of John Moxley as his captain, retaining it all out, and with regular appearances uh, by Chris Jericho on AEW Dynamite. I, do you think Daniel's finally found his groove, given that his team was so NXT-heavy last season?
1: Well, it looks like you've got the bloody Street Profits appearing on SmackDown when they have no right to be on bloody SmackDown and making things difficult. <laughs> from my side, you know, at least they got a bit of redemption this past week. Once Matt doing with Cesaro, getting a good singles win.
0: Mm. But well, yeah, I've got a couple other facts to throw out just before I uh, I turn it back to you guys. Uh, Jack, looking at the the scores for this week, you've actually doubled your score since last week. You're the second highest scorer this week with thirty two points. And yep,
2: yep yep, had- yep, 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 yep.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. So you've doubled from 32 to 64 points now, and that's kept you comfortably in, in third place. Daniel obviously sitting at the top of the table overall, but he also got the most points this week as well, 36 points. So just he's almost uh, doubled his score in the last week as well. But here's the most interesting fact I found this week. Ryan Gallagher, Team Bossackers, we have ripped to shreds last season because he was constantly sitting at the bottom of the table. He's currently in fourth right now. But believe it or not, two of his team members are still to score. Like, two of his team are on zero points still. Charlotte Flair and Santos Escobar, who's actually been appearing more on 205 Live these days as opposed to NXT. And I don't know, maybe that, maybe the, the cracks will start to, to sink in as Steven Wilson's only half a point behind him. Do you think he'll start to, uh, start to decline as a result? We'll just have to wait and see. I
1: mean, he's always got Roman Reigns, and I know in the past, some of us have, like, had that one like team captain that's holding their team up. I don't want to say that's what's happening with Ryan. But I think he will always be at least in the top half of the table, even if the rest of his team is struggling, because mm. he's got Roman Reigns. Good Reigns is looking like he's going to be doing some of his best work he's ever done alongside Paul Heyman right now.
0: He also has. He also has a. Uh- he also has NXT champion Finn Balor on his team. And with a takeover being announced for October 4th, you know that could mean another big points booster for Ryan. Not to mention, he's also got Breeze Angle, the NXT tag team champions, on his team as well. So half his team are champions at this stage.
1: And what I want to just say, Dave, I, yeah, I, you, 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 I said to you guys last week you were being a bit harsh about whether or not it was a mistake for me to pick Breeze Angle before we'd seen them have a successful retention. And what did they do? They went and successfully retained. So I think you guys all, Ryan, an apology, especially you, Dave.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, I, there was no doubt in my mind Breeze Angle were going to retain. And, but looking at where his position is on the table and how many points his team's scoring all round, you know what? I, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to you know, undercut Breeze Angle by any means, but I hope they have a, a lengthy NXT tag title reign as they solely deserve. And I hope that they continue to get you more points this season.
2: Yeah, well, well fuck you, Dave. I'm never apologising to that melt. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, so you <laughs> mentioned, they mentioned Santos Escobar. Easy for me to say. But you had him playing for the second half of season five. And now uh, Ryan's gone, but he's not scoring any point. Is this a case of maybe we should consider factoring into or five lives when it comes to, like, the NXT Cruiserweight division making picks from there or is it just the case that maybe Santos Escobar isn't as strong a pick as
2: we might have thought? I would probably say a bit of both. I think when I made the transfer to get Santos Escobar I think that was probably the only time that should ever have happened purely because it was hot off the tails of the whole Drake Maverick storyline he just won the Cruiserweight title they wanted to make that a prominent feature but now it seems that they're wanting to bring not that not that Two o five live obscure, but they're trying to bring some sort of relevancy back, and having your cruiserweight champion featured on that more, and then allowing them to compete in takeover like, we could see Santos Escobar take over the title table for all we know. But and they wanting to get two o five live kind of back off the ground again, and certainly Santos Escobar is a person that can that can do that for you. But it's just a shame that two o five live doesn't count for a point scoring. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's weird actually because like. Yeah, it got a big showcase at Worlds Collide, but since the Cruiserweight title has officially been renamed as the NXT Cruiserweight title, uh, it's not actually appeared on a takeover yet. Like, yeah, Daniel Garza, like, a week or so after losing a title over to Daniel Rush, then had a random Cruiserweight match on the the kickoff of, like, War Games instead of being the place for him and Leo Rush's match. So it's weird that that's not been featured as as the other NXT oh. titles. But lads, i want to talk about next week because next week we'll be building towards a Clash of Champions. And I think because we talk about the how championship points are very important on this show, a lot of people's picks are going to be featured in one way or another at Clash of Champions, whether it be a challenger or a defending champion. I mean, I've got Ruby Riot who will be challenging for the women's tag title, but I also have Cesaro and Nakamura defending the SmackDown tag titles. How big do you, even though it's a BP pay-per-view, how big do you think Clash of Champions could be in terms of the table early on, given that the championship points will play a big role in it?
0: Ooh. Um, well, obviously, with every championship being defended, I hope, that uh, that's going to be a big points-getter for any champion or challenger, because we know how much pay-per-view title wins means uh, to a team, especially if your captain's involved, because I'm actually getting a bit nervous now because... I think in a simple one-on-one match at Night of Champions, I would have expected Randy Orton to either win by DQ against Drew or uh, possibly win in some capacity. But now that it's an ambulance match, I'm not so sure. So I could end up losing points uh, with Randy Orton's case. But to complement it, I also have Nia Jax in my team who is defending the women's tag titles with Shayna Baszler against the Riot Squad and I think that's going to be a successful retention so it might balance out but I don't see myself overall getting a big boost as a result
2: This could be the time though that myself and Dave could potentially overtake Daniel because he'll have well, he only have street profits mm-hmm. on Clash of Champions that, that might be a, a successful retention but I think something we need to talk about as well is the implications of what NXT will have on Wednesday because you've got the first ever gauntlet eliminator for, to determine another contender for the NXT title and then you've got the Women's Battle Royal now mm-hmm. I've got Adam Cole and Rhea Ripley Baby. that you I bet. for fuck's
0: sake Dave <laughs> <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water
2: <laughs> they're two folk that you'd expect it if not a win you expect them to have a decent show and if they appear So I'm I'm hopeful of getting points in that. Then I've also got Drew defending the Clash of Champions as well. So it'll be be interesting for the top three, at least, how how this week pans
0: out. Mm. And Shotzi Blackheart had an outstanding showing against Io Shirai this week. So I think she'd be a dark horse pick for winning this battle royal and very, very possibly could dethrone Io at the takeover. I
1: think... Like, when it comes to the Gauntlet match, I think I was like, we were eliminated by, by pinfall or submission. We've had Gauntlet matches in the past. like We had the To weight trophy one uh, back in February. It uh, was like forever ago. And I remember that, I think, was judged. Basically, you got points for each one time like one of your picks eliminated somebody. Mm-hmm. Which was a surprise for me because I had our truth who, shockingly, went, went through three different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My trip was seen as one of my weakest picks that season.
0: I think the rule of the... I don't think the... I think the Gauntlet Eliminator isn't like a traditional Gauntlet match, though. I think, from what I've seen, the best way to describe it is it's basically an Elimination Chamber match, but without the Chamber. So you'd have all six, or however many participants you're having, you know, they come out at regular intervals, and you continuously eliminate each other one at a time, simultaneously. So it will be... I think, I think that's the best way I can describe it. So whoever comes out last will obviously have a distinct advantage, you know, having been the freshest. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. It's it's mainly a case of survival and you know a wee bit of luck of the draw at the same time. Uh
1: huh. So like NXT and AEW in a sense could kind of play a big part in the season in the table before we even get to Clash of Champions. And obviously, given that next week will be the go home. Week for Clash Champions, we'll talk about that in more detail then and who could probably get, like, who could benefit most from there. Because m- me personally, I think, like, maybe Cesaro and, Jim, Cesaro and Nakamura will retain because they're only main challengers at the moment I've at the Party, and there's no way they should be the fucking tag team champions right now. And <laughs> I've to go either way, so my things are going to balance out. So I don't see myself moving that far up. But although on Dynamite next week, I have my captain, Mister Brody Lee, defending against Steven's last-round pick, Orange Cassidy. And I know, really, so No way he's winning that fucking title.
0: <laughs> I didn't even
1: know that match was happening.
0: Jeez, no, me. I wasn't aware of that either. That just kind of came out of the blue.
1: So he's not defending every week like Cody, but it's at least a semi-regular thing. So, which is good, given that he's my captain, Brody Lee. So, like every couple of weeks or so, a uh, we regular. Title defense that could do make all the benefit for me.
2: That's it's just that's a weird one. Mm. Orange Cassidy, fresh off the bat of getting the the better of Chris Jericho, and then helping in that street fight against Santana and Ortiz for best friends, and now he's got a TNT title shot. I don't I don't, I don't see him losing, but I think there might be some sort of shenanigans. Like, I I don't think they can have him. That's something something striking me is off with of that Scott I don't know why. Mm-hmm.
1: Although also that week I do have my uh, other main AEW, Hikaru Shida, and a tag match with Rosa Rosa against <laughs> Eva and Monte which you can see the two winning. But so hopefully this will be one of my better weeks AEW wise because I think this thing with Eva with uh, Rosa and Hikaru Shida is continuing. Maybe there'll be some sort of title for title match. We both belts. You never know, but.
0: I've just realised something. Ruby Riot is your top scorer so far, Scott, by only half a point. Hmm. It's weird. I mean, she was your second to last pick as well, which is pretty shocking. But, yeah. uh, it's,
1: it's to be my my doing picks doing me worst because Cesaro and Nakamura depends on the week. And Seamus well, well, he was a, a very much a pressure pick because I wanted either Biggie or Jeff Hardy. They got picked right before me. I kind of panicked because I wanted a Raw Smackdown pick and literally every other available person fell at my head at that one moment.
0: The so problem with Cesaro...
1: And- is a vision, which is pained, not so much for me.
0: The problem with Cesaro and Nakamura is that, you know, for the last few weeks they've been competing in singles matches rather than tag team matches and they've only had tag team appearances. So I think that's maybe what's let you down. But, you know, as you mentioned, the Smackdown tag title match at Clash of Champions will probably uh, turn things around for you.
1: Hmm. I actually thought this whole thing with Street Profits was going to lead to some sort of weird like, unification of both titles because, really, it was a problem before the pandemic, but even since the pandemic, we noticed that the Raw and SmackDown tag divisions are far too thin at the minute. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, because like, I think that's the main reason that Street Profits are doing so well for Dino is that Raw, the they keep splitting people up, that Raw doesn't have anybody that they can believably lose to. I mean, they just released AOP we could have easily been believable
2: threats to them, but and now I think I the Street Profits uh, Steam will slowly kinda of die down. I don't I don't see them doing as well for diagnoses what they have in previous seasons kinda of, potentially from class of champions onwards. And like
1: it's weird this last couple of seasons how it's been for tag teams because people like keep. They keep breaking people up this season so far. Like, uh, well, or people keep getting broken up because, like, Omega and Hangman are seemingly done. One of the Viking Raiders is injured. Like uh, the golden role models, who could have foreseen that happening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think the Viking Raiders is a big one. It's because they're Steven's tag team. Like uh, Hansen or Ivar, or whoever his name is, he's now had to go in for neck surgery. So. He could possibly be out for the not just this season, but the following season too.
2: Hi, Matt and Page are spot up as well. Mhm. Yep. I, uh, oh yeah. The Lucha Brothers. Bit, are,
0: there's there's dissension between the Lucha Brothers as well.
2: I
1: don't know when to ask you in regards to the Golden Role Models. Obviously, they're all a team led by somebody who thinks we're obsessed with them, so we won't mention his name. Uh, when I want to ask you about Sasha. She appeared this week on SmackDown, even though I think it was far too soon for her to do so. Uh, I, I've heard some people discuss this online. I want to get your guys' opinion on it. Do you think they're rushing Sasha back on TV because she's got this prominent role in The Mandalorian Season 2? Or it seems like a prominent role because that Mandalorian, the first episode, comes out on the 30th of October and Hell in a Cell is like a week before that. So it seems like they're kind of fast-tracking her return potentially.
2: It'll be an interesting one. What what happens? I can I can see an upset victory for Nikki Cross at Clash of Champions with a mm. sash of years or something. you don't need the SmackDown Women's Championship for that feud. That that can main event any pay per view without a title. Dave, what's
0: your opinion on this? Um possibly because we know we've seen how much you know if uh, if a superstar's you know heavily featured in like a movie or a TV uh, set and stuff they want to promote it as much as they can but I don't know I think this might not be the best way to go about it if they're trying to build the best feud possible with Sasha and Bailey. but you know if it works for them it works for them and I think Jack made a good point they probably won't need the Smackdown Women's Championship and I think Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss feud for the Smackdown women's title sounds a lot more appealing right now.
1: Possibly. I mean, I'm not entirely sure that like, Nikki Cross will win, even though we, I talked about that as well in this past week's SOS Central, that you probably should win at some point, even if it's just very briefly and then loses it back to
0: Bayley. Why are we being so pessimistic about a, a Scottish woman, a Glaswegian superstar? Like... As if she's never going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship.
1: Because as I was about to say, I don't think they'll put the belt on her when they've got this feud with Alexa Bliss. I think they're going to use Alexa to cost Nikki the belt. And that'll be their feud. Because I think with Sasha and Bailey, yeah, they probably don't need the belt. Considering Bailey's main motivation for keeping Sasha around was to help her hold on to the belt. Having Sasha be the one to take it off her storyline-wise, I personally think makes a lot more sense. And it's kind of weird with Alexa Bliss and that I think about it and that she's starting this whole like weird transition to now she's a heel, she's attacking her best friend, all they're like, oh, by the way, Alexa Bliss's new podcast debuts this week. <laughs> which is weird. Speaking of which, you can make sure to subscribe to the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat on all good Android podcast sites, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Suplex Retreat keep up to date with everything we've got going on from this the greatest show ESSR has ever done, Saturday Draft Live, uh, ESSR Central, our main feature shows where we recently did a show on authority figures. We've got a show coming up talking about Takeover Respect, which will feature much more discussions about Sasha Banks and Bailey who we've just spend a wee bit of time talking about. We've got shows to come up a bit, Smackdown on Fox and all sorts of other stuff coming up as well as our more monthly shows like uh, East Meets West, and also, our YouTube content where Dave, uh, a return of a, a really good concept, is coming back this week.
0: Mm hmm. Yep, yeah, we've got a uh, quiz showdown returning this weekend where we, you, Scott, the defending champion, will be putting your championship on the line uh, in quiz showdown three, Ruthless Aggression. So be sure to check that out. Mm
1: hmm. I have a. Uh... I have some worthy competition, I think, we'll, we'll say about that. I believe uh, this is also Saturday. I think it's going up tomorrow around 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. British time. So there you go, a little bit of a late afternoon, early evening viewing for you if you're into your quizzes. You know, we certainly are over here at ESSR. And also there's some other show on that YouTube channel. I think it's called Conspiracy Theories, where some guy who used to be on this show just spouts a lot of bollocks. I don't know if it's worth <laughs> your time. <laughs> But with that being said, well, uh, thank you for listening. I thank my co host once again, uh, David Hockney.
0: All right, no worries, man.
1: And Jack Graham. No, thank you, Scott. Thank you. (laughs) You are very welcome. (laughs) And all of you listening, you also are very welcome. (laughs)